0: Simon of Sterling Coaching and welcome to this podcast episode of Business Success and Coffee. Today I'm joined by uh, Ernie and you can't see this listeners on the uh, the screen here but on the bottom of it it says Ernie Santa Saves Christmas Boxall so I'm really looking forward to hearing more about that Ernie and it's great to have you on today's podcast. Thank and you. If it's okay with you, I'll, I'll I'll read a few parts of your bio out, just so the listeners yeah. get a little, to know you a little bit more before we go into the questions. So Ernie has over 40 years of experience running, collaborating, and building businesses. He's worked with individuals and groups on communications, marketing, and results. And he learned early on that being able to face a live audience. Is the most effective way of getting to the bottom line profits without the levels of anxiety and dread that many business owners say that are their greatest fears. Uh, he has he's owned many businesses uh, which are focused on winning presentations, and the reason we connected initially was because on LinkedIn I picked up on uh, his his words about storytelling and. He's uh, storytelling at network events, on stage and in workshops as well. I'm sure we're going to hear some great stories today, listeners, as well. Uh, it says here he might come across as obsessed with storytelling. Not true. But what he is obsessed about is results and return on investments. He currently works with leaders in sales and marketing who want to ensure their sales teams have the skills to compete and excel in sales. And he's got some customized webinars which deliver cutting edge selling training to help sales professionals attract prospects and exceed their sales targets. And if you want to find more about earning, I'm sure we'll give this link out later on as well, is you can go to his website, which is said, which is E R N I E S I A S I D. S A I D. In a minute. Yep dot info. So Ernie said dot info, and take a look at that. It's been a long day. I need to get my teeth uh, put in properly before we do the rest of this. So it's great to have you on the podcast, Ernie. Welcome. And uh, again, I know the listeners can't see the background behind it there that you have, but I'm sure we're going to hear more of that, about that as we go through. Uh, so, is there anything else I can add to the bio? You know, uh, is there anything else? I know you've got a particular webinar course uh, that you've got. What's, what's the name of that webinar course that people might be interested in? It's
1: Selling by Storytelling, How okay. to Shine Instead of Shiver When You Face a Live Audience. Or the camera. Or That's the camera.
0: In these days, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, great. Okay, Interesting that when we connected and I mentioned it's about coffee and talk a bit about coffee, but I know you haven't got coffee at the moment, but you've yeah. got an even more interesting drink. And it, it it intrigued me because it had the word whiskey in it. So tell the listeners a little bit about what you're drinking today and why.
1: Certainly, Simon. Thank you. The drink is called Berber whiskey and it's been created along with some collaboration by my daughter, who became a Muslim revert about four or five years ago and fell in love with Morocco. Right. And she actually met online a Moroccan man. Yeah. I went over with her to meet him for the first time and have to say that the welcome that I received mm. within the family was unbelievable. And yeah. I've fallen in love with Morocco. The the people of Morocco. And yeah. perhaps the people off the beaten track. Really the people who that. the people who inhabit the cafes which are round the corner with the you know the breads and the tangines to jeans and the Moroccan food. But we had a wonderful week. there. She became engaged and uh, her marriage in Morocco is a student about producing teas. Right. And she collaborated, which is what I enjoy doing is collaboration. She collaborated with a Moroccan man who works in a restaurant and together they are looking to produce and to distribute more of these teas.
0: Okay. So tell us first of all for the for listeners who can't see it, describe what you have as a mug or a cup and what the tea is actually Certainly. in. Because when you, when you pulled that at the beginning, that was the, the interesting bit there that I could see as well. So describe that to the yes. listeners.
1: It's, I would say the, the teapot is one of the stainless steel teapots that people may see with the long spout, which means that when you hold the cup, what the Moroccans do is they don't pour the spout straight into the cup. Okay. They actually start to lift the cup up and down, which means that as the tea goes into the cup, it is stirred more. You get more of the flavour right. being generated because the water is always in motion.
0: Ah, Interesting. And and the and the cup and the mug that you're putting it into, does that have any, is that just a, a normal mug or is it having any sentimental value? I'm finding it in these podcasts, people are very attached to their mugs. So okay. uh, i interested in the mug.
1: It's actually a mug. There is a lady called Lucy Wilkinson, another mm-hmm. collaboration of mine who lives in Manchester and goes under the name of Luby Lou the Clown. Okay. And she is at the moment working and working with families where she goes to their drive yeah and she offers a 15 or 20 minute uh, entertainment for their children through wow. Loo the clown and santa
0: right. and she
1: has developed four mugs with four affirmations
0: okay tell us more and,
1: and this affirmation here is Seek your happy side, right? Yeah. So every Fabulous. time, every time you lift the cup,
0: yep. You're seeking your happy side, great. And it's interesting. I saw for the first time today at a networking event this morning that people obviously are, are on Zoom like we are, yeah. Uh, and the listeners are probably doing the same sort of thing, having Teams, Zoom, whatever they are. What Google Meets, other brands are available. I'm sure and they they they're drinking tea coffee and tilting their mugs and what this lady had done she would put a big smiley face on the bottom of the mug because that's the that's the that's the thing that people see most of don't they the bottom of the mug of course of course and
1: it's the way people are now starting to think outside the box when they are on the camera
0: yeah great so this tea that you've got uh Describe the taste of the tea a little bit more and tell us how you take it. Is it taken just as it is? Yes. Is there anything added to it? Just just describe the taste and how you take it. It is a very woody taste. Almost, I
1: would say, like um, Lapsong Souchon. Mm-hmm. A very yeah, woody yeah. taste. But yeah. with it being Morocco, it's a bit sweeter than the Lapsong. Yeah, and uh, the Moroccans do tend to like their sweet tastes. Right. And so yeah, you know it 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 hasn't got that sharp, throaty feel as it goes down.
0: Ah, okay. It's just quite quite sweet. Yeah. Sounds interesting. And where can people get this from? You know, you've got it there. Is it available to people yet? How how do people get their hands on this? They can't
1: yet, unfortunately, because of the lockdown. Okay. It's been difficult to get the ingredients to my daughter. So at the moment, it is on hold. But if anybody would like to know the details, and certainly if they would get in touch with me, yeah, I'd be happy to give them more details for when the new year.
0: So they can probably find you on uh, LinkedIn. LinkedIn, yeah.
1: Yes, Facebook, and Great. now also if people know Parler. Okay. P a r l e r. It's yep. uh, It's a rival to Facebook. Yeah. With the promise that you will not be jailed Mm. the content that facebook feels is inappropriate
0: right okay
1: which in the you know in the the present political content facebook seems to be finding an awful lot which Mm. is inappropriate
0: yeah so, lots of ways that people can get in touch with yes. you on social media, and of course they can drop you uh, an email Absolutely. at ernie at Ernie dot Yes, as well. Yeah, great. Let's get into some of the business questions. Then, now we've talked about the the fascinating tea, which intrigued me just because it had the word whiskey in there. Um, <laughs> what What's the latest or most significant thing that you've fixed or worked on in your business, Ernie? It's got to be this, Simon
1: talking over the camera, talking to Zoom. If I can just go back a little bit, my last venture was called Storytelling Corner. And it took place in Leamington Spa one evening a month, or sometimes twice, where I invited storytellers, authors, Mm -hmm. poets and musicians to come along to entertain a live audience in a cafe basement and we also invited a charity to every event which meant that the charity got 10 minutes to tell us all about itself and received the door money oh great good opportunity and that was three years old until january sorry march when the venue had to close yeah now we thought about opening it up again But when I got in touch with many of the storytellers who had been there before, they told me that they were doing what I found I could do. And that's to go on to virtual storytelling groups on Zoom which are all around the world. So instead of performing to 20 or 30 live, people live in an audience, They could now tell their stories to 20 or 30 people from all over the world in a little square box. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's changed the audience a little bit. Absolutely, and obviously there was no travel involved. Yeah. Which is one of the significant fixes of my business. I do, I am precious about networking. Hmm. It's a passion of mine, and I have collaborated now with Lucy in Manchester and also with a lady called Caroline Andrews Johnston in Leeds, Sheffield. And we're producing stuff together. Now, for me to have got them to know, like and trust me enough to work with me, I would have had to drive to Manchester and Leeds, maybe. Four or five times. Yeah, I agree. But all that was done now over the camera. Yeah. Which is another one of my passions, which by I've said by the end of this podcast, I hope that people will remember never turn up unprepared. Mm. Because I certainly met Caroline... When she said, are you doing anything today? We haven't got a speaker. Yep. That for me is the benefit of something I might talk about later, which is the four yep. Ps of perfect presentations.
0: Okay. So well, we'll... certainly
1: the fix now is talking to the camera.
0: Yeah. And you've given us an idea there of what it was like before and and, and a little bit about the audience um, that you now have the potential to yes. to reach out to. What what's the engagement with that audience been like? Because you know, different cultures, different way people behave. You Absolutely. know, using different words, schedule rather than schedule. And yeah, how's how's that been after that and and that transition? My connection,
1: my connections in Europe, but certainly in America, have boomed. Yep. Because most of the storytelling groups were based in America. Okay. So my profile has now been known in certainly Europe and Asia. Yeah. A, lot of, uh, a lot of Indian and Asian storytellers okay. use. But last week, I delivered a 30-minute presentation to a Toastmasters international group in Archen in Germany.
0: Wow.
1: Okay. From Leamington Spa.
0: Yeah. In English or in German, I've got to Absolutely ask? Absolutely in English. In English.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I snack uh, in Litgansk. I, uh, I can snack a Faroese. Men okay. I can icky snack a, uh, Deutsch. I can icky So I can speak a bit of Danish and a bit of Faroese. Right. Because my adventures took me out that way. Yeah. But German and French, no, <laughs> yeah. no idea.
0: Yeah, and it, and it's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, I think certainly for me, doing more online sessions and more webinars and being guest on different things, language is is very often a barrier, particularly when we meet face to face. Yeah. But I found people a lot more forgiving yes. of mispronunciations, tongue twisters. Everybody seems to give me a tongue twister on a podcast of some sort. Yeah. Uh, being short-tongued, everything gets wrapped around. Uh, but they're a lot more forgiving when you're on things like this than when yes. you are face-to-facing on a stage. And and I think that's uh, probably because of the times that we're in, but also it just, it just seems to be that way, doesn't it? Absolutely.
1: Actually, when I travelled up to the Faroe Islands about 30, 40, 30, 40 years ago. Yeah. The first thing I did was to join in what I, I was staying in a village. I was a football coach. Okay. The first thing I did was go to one of their bingo sessions. And eventually I could call out the numbers in Faroese. Right. I called them wrong. Yeah. But it was the fact that I tried. Yeah. That endeared me to the village.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's as, as an interesting, you know, storytelling is, is what you said here. And I'll, I'll share a very quick story. I had a friend of mine who had a, a villa in Spain and I tried to learn some Spanish before we went out to stay at this villa that we, we actually wanted a charity auction a, a week's stay, And we went down to the local supermarket and the the lady in front of us in the queue to the checkout was english and she was saying oh yeah i can see you've just arrived because obviously we were very white and (laughs) she said oh you have to you have to come to the local bar we've got a great english bar and everything was english about it and i said well you know we've come actually to experience the you know the spanish village and she's all she's the people around here she says that they're not very nice they're they're not very nice locals And she's in a way. anyway she puts her things on the checkout and the The woman at the checkout told her how much it was in Spanish. Uh, The woman reached over, turned the till round so she could see what the numbers were, turned it back, put the money down and walked off and then looked at me and turned around and said, see, told you, ignorant. That's it. Yeah. And so, okay, so I went to the till. Yeah. And this lady now at the checkout has got her head down. And I just said, you know, hola, bueno, you know, ¿Cómo estás? Yeah. And uh, her eyes lifted up. That's it. And I didn't speak much to it, but she gave me the the numbers. I gave her the right change. I counted it out in Spanish.
1: Yeah.
0: Asked her how she was again, thanked her very much. And she was completely different. She wanted to help us and and my wife stood there and she says, Well, that's strange. She says that checkout operator wasn't ignorant with us, was she? I said, No, but who was the one who was really ignorant? Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's yeah. it. And you make the effort, it definitely pays dividends. And I'm not a language person, I really struggle yeah. with languages, but I think right. any effort you make is, yes. is worth it, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And you are the first person, and you probably will be the last person that I ever have on a podcast that speaks, what do you call it, Faroese? Faroese, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, there you go. See, that's the first straight away. Yeah, spent two years up there. Coaching I'm, football. I wouldn't even be able to pinpoint on a map where they okay. are. So where, whereabouts are they located? You have the Shetland Islands. Yeah. And then you have Iceland.
1: Yeah. If you look on the map, there is a little dot, more or less in the middle. Ah, right. And they're the Faroe Islands. Ah. About fifty thousand people.
0: All oh, right, so a fair number of people then. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But they're football
0: crazy. <laughs> really? Right. Yeah. Good. Um, now, before I go on to the, the the top tip that you can share with the listeners, because I've, I've got to ask this, and I mentioned at the beginning, you know, Ernie, Santa, Saves, Christmas, Or yeah. Tell us a little bit about the Santa. And I can see here, the listeners can't, but I can say to the listeners that what I'm seeing just over Ernie's shoulder there looks very much like a a Santa suit. And having done Santa at the garden centre for a number of years, I own the hat as well. Yeah. <laughs> I had to wear a white beard. Obviously you've got that for the listeners. You've got a very good white, uh, white big beard there. So uh, explain a little bit more about that for us. Well, I was going to say, Simon, if the people could
1: see me, I would explain that this is not my normal raggedy beardy self, but okay. I am Santa. And like you, I first became Santa at a garden centre in Brighton, ah, years ago. Yeah. And then last year, at a place called the Hatton Adventure World, yeah. I was one of ten Santas right. in the adventure centre. Yeah. And we each had a room, and we saw about 1,500 people 1,002 to 1,500 people a day, parents and children.
0: So we really needed
1: 10 Santas. Yeah, yeah, definitely. This year, of course, that closed. Yeah. And so a woman saw me on Facebook. I do a Facebook Live every Sunday. And she saw me and she said, we're missing out on Santa this week, this year. And my children are eight eight years old, so they might not, by next year, they might not leave. Would you be prepared to come round and spend 40 minutes entertaining them? And I said, of course. And from that, I now have two other offers in the area to visit people to offer Santa to their children. Which again is... It comes from me being comfortable and confident
0: speaking to strangers. Yeah. yeah, and they do ask some really awkward questions, don't they? children? Absolutely,
1: <laughs> children. Yeah. yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. My father-in-law used to do Santa for a number of years at the garden centre that I used to own, and, and he was great at it. And yeah, he he researched all the kiddies uh, adverts before Christmas he so, you knew yes. all the latest toys. He knew, you know. Yes. You know the names of the reindeer, uh, as Santa, of course, should do for any children that are listening to uh, yes. this podcast, perhaps. But uh, w- when he passed away, uh, we didn't have a Santa. Right. So I actually wore his uh, Santa outfit uh, and the beard and the hat. And I totally underestimated yes. how much of hard work it is, because you really do have to think on your feet or on your seat. Yes. Uh, and they asked the most interesting probing yeah. questions don't they so
1: and of course the thing is in a in a garden center probably like the adventure center you probably only have three to five minutes with each family it's that
0: yeah correct yeah so yeah, you've you got to long. make
1: that three to five minutes memorable for the kiddie
0: yeah. yeah so give give the listeners a um anything that you think was special is it a special moment that you've had when you've done santa that you know, sort of a, a stuck with you as a memory. Um, yes. <laughs> for good reasons or bad reasons. We
1: had what we called the naughty and the nice book. So when mm-hmm. the children came in, I would ask them to come a little bit closer and I'd say, children, who are these people with you? And they'd say, mummy and daddy. I'd say, hmm. And I'd open the book and I'd say, now, I've got a list of naughty and nice names. Is mummy on the naughty list? And I'd read down a list of names that we'd arranged Yep. And they'd say, no, or, oh, yes, yes, mummy's on the naughty list. Right. And then I'd do the same for the men on the nice list. And they'd oh. all, the kiddies would all, almost always say, my oh, daddy's not nice. <laughs> <laughs> but then... One of them said, My daddy should be on the naughty list. He's left my mummy, and they were both there. They brought him, yeah, they they had parted. Oh, dear. So, that sort of was a little bit of a I had to be careful what I asked,
0: yeah. And and that's I think that's the simplicity in which kids see things, isn't it? And perhaps you know, the listeners and we in business can take some good advice from that, you know, very often. You just say it as it is and look at absolutely. it in its simplest form, don't you?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. If people know, like, and trust you, they will accept. Yeah. But what you're saying is from the heart is genuine.
0: Yeah. It's interesting. I had somebody on a podcast, um, or oh, two or three podcast episodes ago, and they talked about children and their incessant need to ask why. Yeah. Why? Why? Yeah. Yeah, they want to get to the reason behind it. You know Why? Why should I do that? Why is that? Why does that work? How does that? You know, it's yeah. why, 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 why? And I think as adults, we lose that ability to want to ask why. Uh, I
1: think, isn't there a man who's written, who's become very rich through write, writing the book, Ask Why, or What Is Your Why?
0: Is yes. Simon? S- Simon Sinek, yeah, starting Sinek, with yeah. the why. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah,
0: yes, and so it exactly transfers so.
1: to business,
0: doesn't it? He does. Yeah, and kids, kids have so many lessons we could take from. And uh, yeah, uh, I'm I'm glad to meet a fellow Santa and somebody who understands. Yeah, uh, the all the pains that we have to go through of it, and and I don't know about you, Ernie, but the worst thing for me is when kids see you and just start screaming and crying. Yes. And you get so many of them as well, because it's yeah. such a I I don't know if it'd be different this year, because they're used to seeing people with masks on now, aren't they? Because I yes. think it's... When you're Santa, yeah. it's almost the facial covering, isn't it, that scares yes. them.
1: And they're coming into a room that's not... You know, it's, it's quite darkly lit. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah, not, yeah. it's not a bright light when you're in a Santa room. So they're coming yeah. into this darkish room, and there's a, ma- a man there with huge white beard and yeah, and yeah. if they're i think if they're under one i found there was a big propensity to start screaming yes yeah which yeah. all i'd say then is to the parents is would you like us just to take a picture
0: yeah and then yeah. Go for <laughs> and the don't talk. you find, don't you find the word of it the parents give you this screaming kid you yeah. you know in the days when you could hold the kid you know you sit you sit there stand there and all <laughs> in the photo all you can see is this Tears yeah. streaming down the kid. And you think, why would you want a photo of your kid like that? Absolutely. Absolutely. Perhaps the listeners can let me know. If you've ever done that as a parent and given a yeah. crying child to have a photo taken with Santa, tell us why. Tell us why you'd want uh, that photo being taken. So great. Anything else to share on the Santa thing before I ask you to give us the, the lessons to learn and the peas that you talked about just a few moments right.
1: ago? No,
0: it's, try it. If you want to see how
1: quickly you can think on your feet, how quickly you can be outside the box, as they say, then try being a Santa.
0: Yeah. I'm going to write that down. That's that's going to be in the title of this podcast. Yeah. Ernie says, try being a Santa.
1: And for me, for that, Simon, that does come down to what... I wrote the four P's of perfect presentations. The first P is to prepare. Now, as Santa, I prepared my stories. Mm. As a business owner, I prepare my presentations, my 60-second pitches, my workshops, and my 40-minute keynotes. They are prepared. I sometimes say to people at network meetings, when did you turn up to the meeting? And they'll look at their watch and they'll say, 10 minutes ago, five minutes ago, I've just come in. When did you turn up? Two days ago when I started to write my 60-second pitch. Mm. Or if I'm doing a keynote, it's two weeks ago. If it's a workshop, it's probably a month before. Yeah, yeah. And I learned that because when I was growing up, I wasn't allowed to talk at the dinner table in the 50s. My parents said, we eat in silence. I couldn't talk after dinner because my dad had come home from a long shift at work. I couldn't talk at night because I shared a room with my brother and he was four years younger. I was always being told to shut up at school. In the factory, nobody could hear me. At 22, I was asked to be the best man at a hooker's wedding.
0: Big new, a big New Zealand guy. All <laughs> yep. oh, right, OK, that kind of hook event. Yep. Yeah, we're good with that. Yep. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and he was marrying the daughter of the local chairman of the Chamber of Trade in Nuneaton. So I delivered to 140 business owners and their guests in a marquee with silk curtains. Mm. But I'd had four months to prepare the presentation. Yeah. And I'd had four months for the second P, which is to practice it. And to practice it so assiduously that you don't need notes, maybe bullet points. Yeah. If you get those two right, the third P is your posture. Now, I found if people don't do the first two, their posture, when they tell, talk, is terrible. Yeah, hands sure, in pockets, yeah. rubbing the hands together. And the fourth P is to perform. You have to, you have to entertain and educate. You have to be a performer. Even when your business is not doing as well as you wanted it to be. Yeah. You can't really tell too many people that your business is not doing as well as you'd like it to. Yeah. So you have to perform as if you are relatively successful.
0: Yeah. And I suppose I'm going to just throw a different thing out there to listeners, because I heard somebody be very, very, very vulnerable this morning at a networking event. And this is a lady who um, might one day listen to this podcast, I don't know, but I want to give her full credit for, for what she did this morning, because she is involved in the travel industry. Yes. And she's been struggling because a lot's been cancelled. And in, in some of the Zoom, episodes, she has been criticised for being on the phone uh, right. and having to uh, take calls and take turn a video off. And she today was very open and said, you know, look, the travel industry is destroyed yes. at the moment. Yeah. Uh, and I've had to go out and get another job. Yeah. And she said, my other job means that, you know, I'm helping people out apply for universal credit so people who have lost their jobs lost their livelihoods i'm helping them apply for universal credit so they can put food on the table for their families tomorrow and the day after and i'm really sorry if i've had to take phone calls but i need your help as a networking group i need your help to actually get my travel business back on its feet yeah and that vulnerability in that presentation Really connect to people. And you could have heard a pin drop. Absolutely. Done. And I, I guess with that in mind, then, she delivered
1: it very well.
0: Oh, yes, she did. Yeah. And she obviously practised it and yeah. prepared for it as well. If she'd have started to say, I am
1: um, uh, um, not um, uh, doing uh, very um, well at the uh, moment, and uh, I, uh, 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 yeah. uh, uh, it probably wouldn't got, have gone down so well
0: no no and she did it with it's interesting you said there the, the P I've never heard one of the P's be posture but yeah as I think about it as you were describing it there and I'm sure the listeners have probably seen this in you know face-to-face presentations as well as online presentations you know her posture was very very poised right you know, she yeah. was dignified she she wasn't looking away from cameras she looked at every single person that was on that zoom session wonderful yeah. yeah. And we knew she meant it. We knew yeah. she was being authentic. Uh, and again, I give the lady full credit for what she did. And I certainly will do my best to step up and yeah. help her as much as I can now, rather than be, you know, perhaps somebody who lets other people criticise when she yes. jumps on the phone, etc. Definitely.
1: And I think part of that comes into when I work on workshops, Simon, because I tell people that when I was eight, my father was made redundant. I came home Mm. from school and he'd sold our beds. And we slept for six months on pallets with straw on the top. Mm. That wasn't my story. That story was told to me some 11 years ago by Helena Wyman Lester, who works in rugby, a company works in health and safety, and she also dances. I remember it. I remember a name, a job, where she is, through her story.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I often tell people to tell the crap.
0: Mm.
1: Don't miss it out because there'll be people in the audience going through it.
0: Yeah. And that's so true. Yeah.
1: And Uh. what I do say is you can't see it. But if I held up this picture, it's of a body diving down into the ocean. Okay, And I say that when you go to a lot of workshops, the person, the leader tells you that they want to take you to the top of the mountain. Mm. They want you to climb the stairs to get to the top of the pyramid. What I'm hoping to do is to take people on a deep dive down to find the keys to unlock what they've been holding in.
0: Interesting, yeah
1: because very often people say to me the three words that they use to describe their emotions when they're about to speak are sleepless nights anxiety dread <laughs> yeah and so i like i want to know how we can
0: unlock yeah those keys to get that out of the way yeah and it's one of those things where i've i've heard people over the years only um say very very similar things and I remember we had somebody in a group some years ago and she got to do a 10-minute presentation on her business it was her time to showcase to this set of people what she did and all the great things that she did and we announced that it was going to be her and she came to us at the end of the meeting and she said "I I don't want to do next week's presentation and her words were, I'd rather die than stand yes. up in front and talk to people. And that was like, and she meant it.
1: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And
0: she never did do it, unfortunately. Um, She'd
1: been she would be my ideal client. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. We, we never, I think we saw her, we didn't see her that next week. Yeah. Because um, she used the excuse she couldn't make it and she was ill or something went off. Yeah. Uh, and we only ever saw her twice again. And, you yeah, know, she... Yes, she... It, it literally it petrified her to the point where she said that. And that was just terrible that she could say that. Well,
1: I, I see it, Simon. If you go to a meeting, you take on a business card mm. or you take flyers or a banner. And the words on the business cards, the flyer and the banner will be the same when you take them all to another business meeting with different people. Yep. This is your audible business card I say pointed my mouth yeah you can change your story yeah depending on who's in the audience
0: yeah 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 and I suppose there comes the preparation doesn't it preparation absolutely. isn't just about your preparation you know it's knowing who your audience is as well doesn't it? because that that you're absolutely right it, you know the story needs to match the audience so you need to yes. know who your audience is don't you yes definitely yeah. so just just remind the listeners of the four p's again
1: prepare prepare
0: practice posture practice, posture perform. perform perfect so listeners i think you've taken some great tips there a way of storytelling and also some great insights from Ernie Bear about the four P's uh, that will help you next time you're out there having to perhaps either do a scheduled presentation of some sort, or as Ernie said, right at the beginning. you know Who knows? You could turn up an event and somebody lets them down. I've done that many times and, and stepped in, and I'd hope that each of you now having listened to Ernie will reach out to him and find out even more about how you can be ready when somebody says today's speaker hasn't turned up. Do you know anybody who would stand in? Well, be the front of the queue. Don't, don't point yeah. at anybody else. Be yeah. the person who says I will, because every opportunity to speak is an opportunity to shine, isn't it? And uh, I'm sure you wrote that somewhere in the bio you sent me. Yes. <laughs> it's in the, webinar. it's question, in the webinar title. Yeah? Yes, of course Fine. you can.
1: Yeah. The motorbike behind you, have you got an affinity with motorbikes? Uh,
0: Yes for the for the listeners here there's a a, a photo and that's actually me going round Donington Racetrack. wow um on a Honda RC45 yeah so um since I set up in business uh, back in the sort of mid 90s I've uh, always sponsored or being involved in motorbike racing up until about 10 Brilliant. years ago really yes and uh, yeah I've been very privileged uh, support a young rider called Dennis Hobbs, uh, who I don't think he rides anymore now. He certainly teaches at Knockhill in Scotland. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I love motor racing, and I've never raced myself. No, I did lots of track days, but that's me going around the track yeah. at Donington, trying to trying to get me near as close to the tarmac as I could. But yeah. apparently, if I'd have gone down any further, it would have uh, had me off. Yeah. So, uh, three yeah, years so ago,
1: three years ago, I finished Comfort training track for Speedway. And I did my first ah. speedway, so that was that was an interesting experience. Hit the track yeah. three times.
0: <laughs> yeah, it, it's interesting you say that because um, you mentioned at the beginning about where you're from, Leamington Spa and Coventry. Uh, for one year, and it was only one year only. Uh, I sponsored a speedway team that raced at Coventry. There's actually a circuit, isn't it, at Coventry?
1: Yes, it's gone now, but there was Coventry Bees.
0: Yeah, yeah, I do remember that now. I can't remember the guy's name. I want to say uh Bomber Harris, but yes, um, uh, oh, oh uh, he, he did. Was right. beach, he was a British superbike. Yeah, he was a British superbike. But I don't know if it was him or somebody no. associated with him. But yeah, I do remember that. But yeah, it was it was very noisy, very yeah. uh very cold watching yeah. him go round <laughs> outside. But uh, yeah, I'd, I'd love to have a go at that. Chris Pickcock, yeah. um, a guy who got me into motorbike. Sponsorship in the first place, uh, that was his thing. Speedway, right. He was a big Speedway fan and did a lot of racing from Nottingham and Derby. Great, yes, yeah, fabulous. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure to speak with you. I've got to ask the final question Um, what's your next drink going to be, and, and where is it going to be? Is it going to be at home? Is it going to be somewhere else? Have you got anybody to see? And you know, I don't know what area of lockdown you're in at the <laughs> moment, but uh. As we record this, we're all in different tiers, aren't we? Hopefully, the storytelling
1: corner that I, uh, my venture, took place Mm -hmm. at a place called uh, Temperance Cafe, which is a Mm -hmm. 280-year-old building in Leamington. Yeah. With a basement where the tunnel from the basement went to a hotel across the road, under the road. So the servants... Right. So... You know what a place to tell stories Mm. but they also serve about 40 to 50 different types of tea okay and there's a russian rubush which is yeah very 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 tasty Mm. great so that would be the next
0: i'll be the next one great well it, it has been an absolute privilege listeners i hope you've taken something away the most important thing with all of my podcasts is that you actually take action and do something with what you've learned. Reach out to Ernie, find him on social media, look at that website, ernie said dot info and connect with him. Find out more about him and do something with the lessons that you've taken away from today. That's the most important thing, because as you all know, this is part of my mission to help businesses around the globe by be more aware of the possibilities that you have better educated, which I hope you have taken some way, some great educational tips from Ernie today. And of course, normally we talk about coffee, but we've talked about some interesting teas today in, instead. So uh, thanks very much, Ernie, for taking part and uh, I wish you all the well with your Santa and I'll be thinking about you every time I see a Santa now I'll be uh, thinking about you and uh, your experience in that as well thank you Simon and thank you to your audience yep. and listeners I look forward to having you on the next podcast bye for now